This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome into the Fog.net podcast. My name is Michael Swain, the Kansas beat writer for 24-7 Sports. We've got a fun recruiting-centric, cave football recruiting-centric podcast coming your way this weekend. I'm joined by Kevin Flaherty. We're going to talk about everything going on in the world of Kansas football recruiting as what I think is probably the biggest June on the recruiting trail and probably over a decade is on the horizon. So, Kevin, I know we're getting out of basketball offseason and we're moving into football recruiting. What what what, what kind of your days look like now nowadays when we're kind of in the middle of it all? Yeah, I think that uh, at this time of year, you know, you're going to different camps. I went to went to Sharp earlier this week. Uh, you wound up going to the Kansas's elite camp, and then you know it's uh, like you were saying though. This is about as busy as I can remember a, a Kansas football recruiting schedule can be. I. It's almost like one of those, you know, back when I covered Texas, they had the junior days where they'd have like 15 or 20, you know, really high profile guys in all at once. And KU isn't necessarily doing that all at once, but it feels like a junior month, if you will. Don't you think with with all of the guys that, that Kansas has coming in? I mean, we could look back on signing day and kind of say this June was the key to either Kansas getting the recruiting class that it wants or not getting the recruiting class that it wants. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot really that's going to go on, you know, over the course of June and really even into July, because I think for a lot of these recruits these days, they do take their visits. And I think especially now with the rules changing where I think unlimited official visits will be a thing this fall, it seems like a lot of recruits could take their visits and then decide in July. So I feel like a lot of moves will be made in the month of June and then kind of decision-making time, public commitments. A lot of that will come over kind of the last week of June into July. So I think you're totally right, Kevin. I mean, the class will be shaped, I think, in this month. And this is something that I think, you know, you and I have both kind of said in the podcast and what I've mentioned on kind of the VIP message board before is, you know, this coaching staff is going to build their classes, the majority of it, kind of in June and then in December. You know, you can't really read into who they get early on in the cycle. You know, I think for the most part, they've done really well in this 2024 class, getting some early commitments. And I think the first guy we'll talk about here today, you know, Jonathan Kamara, um, I think is a really good addition. And when I look at just the class overall now, you know, you've got a quarterback committed in Isaiah Marshall. That's a really sure. good position to have early. Even if you're not recruiting offensive players, I think defensive players, too, you look at it and say, okay, they got a quarterback. And then you look at Isaiah Marshall's offer list, right? You know, pushing double digit in terms of power five offers, right? Committed early, 
didn't even take the official visit. Like all those things kind of check off and will catch a recruit's attention. So I think overall the class is in a, a really good spot. And I think first off, let's just talk about Jonathan Kamara. The most recent commitment um, happened uh, last weekend. He committed after he took his unofficial visit to campus. That visit happened the week prior. Um, he went with his uncle, um, you know, he goes by the nickname John John. He's got a really fascinating story. Born in Liberia, moved to the U.S. with his uncle, um, lived in Philly for a while, then was down in Arizona at Desert Edge. And then he went to go live in Orlando for one year. And I'll pull up his high school tape here in a second. And that was where he played his junior season. And then he moves back to Arizona, wants to play with some of his old high school teammates. And KU finds him and really latches on. Um, Kevin, I guess you know, throughout the course of this recruitment, what were some of the things that kind of stood out to you? Cause I, I just look at, and I think this recruitment overall just checks a lot of boxes for Kansas. So what kind of caught your attention and then I can kind of dive into it more. Yeah. I think Kansas is really looking for traitsy guys. It feels like in this class, they want to get the guys who have length that they can develop, you know, especially along the offensive and defensive lines. You're seeing that they're looking for guys that, that have speed and, and sort of those times and things like that. And, and we've talked about it before on this podcast. This is a really good developmental staff. You know, if you give Scott Fuchs an offensive lineman who has the right kind of frame and length and things like that, you can depend on him to, to teach him sort of the nuances of the position you can't teach a guy to have the right kind of length or the right kind of body or, or things like that. And looking at Kamara in, in particular, you and I have talked about this, you know, off the show. He's got a hilarious tape because you look at a guy who is going to play linebacker at, at Kansas. I, I would see him plugging into, you know, Craig Young's spot at, at that Hawk spot. And he's playing cornerback in high school. And when I say that, a lot of people will say, oh, you mean like a nickel safety or a nickel cornerback spot? No, Michael, this guy is playing flat out on an island as an outside cornerback at six foot four and 210 pounds. What do you like about Kamara? Yeah, I think it's just that, right? I think the versatile skill set. Um, you look at what Craig Young has brought to kind of that hawk position. And so much of it, for me at least, I, I look at it and say, what exactly does Kansas want there? Well, they want a guy that can play in the box, right? Help stop the run. And then a guy that is athletic enough to go cover in space. And I think you mentioned the island part of it. I think Craig Young was put out on an island a lot yeah. you know, last right. year. I think that'll continue this year. And I think when you look at Kamara, the fact that he's got this background where, you know, he was, you know, he just kind of has kept growing. Right. You know, kind of like five yeah. ten um, a couple of years ago. And it just kind of kept growing into being this six foot four guy that's got long arms. You know, he's 210 pounds right now. But if you look at the photos of him from the visit, wearing the shoulder pads and wearing the uniform, you just see how that could fill out over the course of, sure. kind of his first two years in the program. And I just look overall and you say, OK, he's got the background of playing corner. So he knows how to play in space and be comfortable there. Well, he's also got this kind of physical knack that you see on tape, right? Where he's not afraid to go make tackles. And I think if you got one criticism of Craig young, it's he plays like a wide receiver sometimes. And that's yep. totally except, you know, understandable. He was a wide receiver in high school, <laughs> right? That's what sure. he was. And he switched positions in college. But I just think with Kamar, you see some of those defensive instincts that, you know, maybe someone that hasn't played defense for their whole life may not have. And so I think you look at the ceiling and the projection for someone like him, right? I think it is, 
athletically, I'm interested to see how he does right at Kansas. Um, the track times aren't great, but I got pushed back on that when I wrote about it. You know, people kind of mentioned that, hey, look, at kind of the catapult miles per hour times. And he was at about 19 and a half miles per hour this spring, which is pretty good for a high school senior. So sure. really fascinating to see athletically where he ends up being at Kansas. But I think in terms of frame, um, the IQ, I think personality wise too, getting to talk to him, just a really high character guy. So I think overall, it's a really big addition in terms of the skill set and fitting a very specific position on that Kansas defense, right? This isn't saying, oh, he's going to play corner. Or he's going to play defensive end, like nothing against those players, but it's not necessarily the most complex position. Well, this is. And so I think that's huge. And look, I think the way the recruitment played out, I think shows how good of a job Kansas did recruiting him. You know, you look at someone being from Arizona, Right. Yep. Granted, you know, background elsewhere in his life, but lives in Arizona. Arizona State offered him the day he was traveling to go to Kansas. So did Washington. And those are two West Coast schools, right? Closer to where his uncle lives right now. And so you think, okay, maybe this will cause, you know, maybe some pause. Maybe he won't decide to commit to Kansas now. Well, what does he do? And he decides to commit on the visit. I think that just speaks to the relationship Jordan Peterson has with them. I think just the job Kansas has done recruiting the high school. And I'll lead that into our kind of our next point here, Kevin. You know, sure. the, the Desert Edge High School is becoming um, pretty big for Kansas this class, right? You look at Andre Gibson, a cornerback, already committed. He committed in March. Very similar type of story, right? Jordan Peterson builds a good relationship with him. He takes the unofficial visit. Yep. He commits. Very similar with Kamara. And now they're going to go on a guy, Deshaun Warner, who in terms of the offer list, I mean, it's basically just as impressive as Kamara's, if not more impressive, right? You know, you're looking at basically double-digit Power 5 offers, right? He's got a top four of, of KU, Oregon State, Washington, Texas. I mean, just a guy that I think is really talented. Um, and Kevin, have you seen anything like this? Like, I was talking to some people earlier about it, and I don't think I've ever even heard of a situation where three guys from the same high school could all end up at the same college as a part of the same recruiting class, it just feels like a very unique situation we're dealing with here. Yeah. Especially for Kansas and especially being outside of, you know, sort of what you would consider to be traditional Kansas recruiting grounds or traditional big 12 recruiting grounds for that point. You know, I, I I'm sure that there are other examples where, you know, maybe USC took, you know, four guys from long Beach poly in a class or, you know, something like that. But you know, in this case, you know, you're not just talking about three guys from the same high school in the same class. You're talking about three guys from the same defense in the same class. And I guess Miami Northwestern maybe with Miami a, a few times or, or or things like that. But, you know, usually those are more regional centric as opposed to what you see here. I really like Deshaun Warner's tape a lot. You know, I, I think – He's a really explosive pass rusher. He can get the edge, but I think where he's most dangerous right now is he's got sort of that really quick, you know, step in move where he can come across the face of a tackle that's expecting him to go to the outside. And, and he does it so quickly and just sort of shoots through. And, and I, you know, you see the dynamic, there it is right there. The the dynamic athleticism where he can cut, cut across and, you know, be in the backfield before the tackle even realizes he's made his move. If Kansas could get these three defensive guys from Desert Edge, not only would it be good because each player is a, is a really good player in his own right, but Kansas fans, 
I think are a little bit jaded from a football recruiting standpoint because they remember, you know, the JUCO dream team class or whatever from Charlie Weiss that did not plan out. They remember the Louisianimals class, you know, uh, under, under David Beatty where you had a class that, you know, for a little while was ranked in 24-7 sports, what, top five, I think? They were fourth or fifth in the country, and like two of those guys wound up coming to Kansas, you know, and Puka and Corion Harris. And so when you look at that, you get a lot of stuff from KU fans where they're like, well, you know, wake me up on National Signing Day or, or whatever. But that's the thing, is by bringing in three Desert Edge kids, potentially, if they can land a commitment from Deshaun Warner, I do feel like you're making it more likely to get each one of those kids because I do think that each one of them would would be more likely to stick in the class because there are three of them coming to Kansas. Yeah, and I think each one of them individually is good enough to play Kansas and be able to have star potential at Kansas. And also keep in mind here, right, you know, Deshaun Warner is cousins with Andre Gibson. Like there's a family aspect to this that I think can't be – understated and i think what you mentioned there about you know warner's ability i I really agree with you know i was talking to uh deshaun maybe a a month ago and he mentioned his one of his favorite defensive ends in the nfl is dorance armstrong (laughs) and it was just so random for me that i'm like how does this happen and so i guess he's a cowboys fan and being a defensive end that's who he watches and so he likes lawrence on the cowboys but he really likes dorance armstrong and i mean Look, if you're Kansas, right, you know, I think, you know, Daryl Stuckey does some stuff with alumni and former Kansas players. They got to try and set up a, a FaceTime call with, with Dorrance <laughs> and, and Deshaun because I, I, you know, I feel like Dorrance would do it. But also, I think it'd be pretty cool for him to be able to talk to one of the guys that he really is fond of. And I think you look at Warner too, right? And each one of these guys, right? Just the Power Five offers are legit. And he's taking official visits to other Power 5 schools. He is wanted by these other teams. And right now, kind of the Texas visit is up in the air, but it's one of those deals where I think he'll end up taking it. So I just look at this and say these three are really important because I think it could unlock the Phoenix area for Kansas and Jordan Peterson, who is recruiting that area now. And it's an area with the Big 12 expansion, right? You can't understate this. The Big 12 is going to be playing in kind of the mountain time zone, if not the Pacific time zone. And so I just think getting into some of these areas where you see the Big 12 footprint expanding, getting into those areas where, hey, maybe if Arizona does join the Big 12 in a few years, you can look at it and say, hey, you know, your family will be able to see you play in person once, twice during your college career, playing at home, right, in Arizona. And so I think it's a pretty big deal to even be in the mix with these guys and the fact that it's a realistic possibility, if not a strong possibility, they get Deshaun Warner. I, I just think overall, Kansas is putting itself in a great spot in this new city, in this new recruiting base, and I think it's going to be huge for years to come. So any more thoughts on Desert Edge, guys, before we dive into some of the specific, specific positions for this June? No, no. I, I thought uh, I thought you hit it pretty well there. And, you know, the I'll be honest – from my side of things, the the potential expansion West wasn't something I had really thought about. One thing that is sort of a recruiting truism or cliche or however you want to put it is that players are more willing to travel East than they are West. You know, if you go into SEC country, 
it's very tough to get a guy who has legitimate SEC interests, whereas a lot of times people are able to go out west and and pull guys from uh, from out west to to come east. And so, like me, yeah, yeah, we we pulled a Michael Swain. So uh, so something to uh, something to watch because this is a Kansas staff that that maybe has some areas open to them that other Big Twelve staffs don't, just by the makeup of of the staff they have, you know, obviously reaches up North and, and out East. And, and now we see them stretching the West a little bit. Yeah. I think it speaks also to, I think just the humans. Sure. It's had on staff, right. Where I think you just look generally, right. Chris Simpson having a pipeline in Detroit, I think speaks to yep. who he is as a coach, right. I think Jordan Peterson doing this in Phoenix speaks to who he is as a coach. Even someone like, you know, Jonathan Wallace down in Houston, Brian Borland in Oklahoma, Yep. You know, so many of these guys finding these pipelines where they can go into those high schools year after year and those coaches know they're going to be taken care of by a good coach. And those players know that the past players that have gone to Kansas or whatever university, right, Buffalo in the past from that school are going to have success. So I think that's huge. And now, Kevin, I'll let you pick. Are we going to talk about some offensive position groups first or defensive? Well, one of the things that uh, that I think is really interesting about this class is uh, I think the the defense, there's a lot of talent on it, but I think the way that they're directing the guys that they're recruiting on offense. So let's go ahead mm. and start on offense. And maybe the first thing that I wanted to ask you about, you look at all the visitors from an offensive standpoint, there's a position missing in, in terms of uh, in terms of skill position guys that they don't have guys uh, don't have guys coming in. Where do you see wide receiver recruiting sort of shaking up with uh, with Kansas in this class? Yeah, if your name's not Nick Marsh, you're probably not a take. <laughs> and you know, and I think it's it's probably more nuanced than that. But you know, sure. Nick Marsh is a home run type of player, right? Yeah. You know, he's a top two four seven guy. Um, he's got a, his official visit list is loaded. I can pull it up right now. Um, you know, he's a guy from Detroit, right? That Kansas is getting in with, and he's got. I should, 35 offers kevin 35 and i and i venture to guess a lot of those are power five offers so he's a guy highly coveted um really just good football player and i just don't know if kansas outside of him would make room if that's the right way to phrase it but i just think you look at the wide receiver room right now the staff is very specific they want x number of wide receivers scholarship on the roster they just added three you know, players yep. enrolled this week and they just added three and they're not going to lose anybody after this year. At least they're not guaranteed to lose anybody after this year because of exhausted eligibility. So it creates a situation where, you know, do, do they have the spot? I mean, if a, if a big time playmaker wants to come, yeah, sure. But it's not one of these things where they're going to go get a, a mid three star guy that they could go get next cycle. Right. Yeah. I, I just don't see that happening. So wide receivers one, I think they'll probably end up just passing on and using that scholarship spot for a different position of need this cycle. All right. Now the, the next question for you on, uh, on the offensive side of things, running back, Mm. you have red Martell in the class. I, I think both of us, you know, like some of the things that he does, but look at all those running backs visiting Kansas this month. Can you break that down a little bit? Yeah, well, and we're even missing one. You know, I'm still working on getting, you know, 100% confirmation that Frankie Arthur is yep. going to take his official visit. So, 
I'll kind of just run through the month here. Um, so Red Martell is committed right now. He was the first player to commit to Kansas in this class. He is a more physical style of running back. Think Daniel Hyshaw. KU now wants a guy that's got some home run speed. And I think you look yep. at the track times of all these guys, and they're they're freaking legit. Like it's guys that have great speed, a a plus athletes, and that you can create a you know lightning and thunder. I hate that's a great cliche, but you know whatever. <laughs> um, type of dynamic. And so coming in first is Harry Stewart. This is a player from kind of the Dallas area that KU's been recruiting for a while. He re- announced his top five on Friday. It's got KU, Baylor, Cal. Missouri and SMU right now, KU and SMU are his only two official visits. He'll be in Lawrence next Friday. He's one that I know current commits are talking to. So guys that are in the class right now are trying to get him to join. So he's someone that I think will be a really good addition. 5'10, 205, pretty fast. Then you go midweek after that, Jason Patterson from Florida. He's another guy that's got some really good home run speed. KU is a little late to the party on this one. He's kind of a spring eval. And yep. you'll be able to read a story on Jason on Sunday. Um, I talked to him, and he was pretty blunt. I really appreciated his honesty, where the coaches at Kansas have been honest. Hey, we know we're late to the party here. Let us know if we're not a part of your picture. But if we are, we'd love to have you come visit. And he said, yeah, coach, I'd love to come visit. Let's see what you got. And so they'll get an official visit from him. And then the following weekend, so that's going to be the uh, 16th, 17th, and 18th, I want to say. Um, that's when Frankie Arthur is supposed to come in. And I mean, for me, if you made me pick, I, I think he'd be the one that I'd say. If, if he wants to commit, you make it happen. Um, he's someone that this past spring really turned up in track, right? He ran sub 11 second, 100 meter times. He was at about 10.7 which anything under 11 seconds is considered fast. And so to run a 10-7 at, you know, what was he, about 5'10", 195, 5'10", 200, you know, he's got great speed. He's got a really good offer list, but getting him out of Houston might be hard. Houston's recruiting him. Texas Tech is recruiting him. Oregon's on him. Might be a hard one. And then you go to the last weekend of June, and that's when Jamal Wiley will be on campus. He's probably a little bit bigger in terms of the yeah. profile, right? He's six foot two ten. Can you have one? Stewart are kind of the bigger backs of this of this group yeah. a little bit. I, I know Stewart's not especially tall, but he's a well built guy. He's he's built a little bit more like what you currently have, I feel like, in the Kansas backfield. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so he was on campus for a junior day visit. Yeah. Um in March, I want to say that's when they're doing most of them. So he's been on campus before the coaches know him. And then finally is uh, JT Bronaw, who we talk about, you know, what someone like Frankie Arthur ran at 10-7. Well, he was running 10-6. So yeah. he's a little bit faster. And so he's going to do the Mercer camp um, on Friday, June 2nd. So by the time you're listening to this, he did the Mercer camp. The expectation is he's going to get more offers after this camp. And so we'll see how the landscape of his recruitment changes. You know, KU offered him. 10 days ago, I want to say, I need to look at my calendar 10 days ago and they're only his second power five offers. So he's just now coming on the scene. So a pretty young recruitment, but overall the running backs they have coming on campus are legit. They've all got multiple power five offers. They've got power five schools recruiting them. You know, I, I put this in a story on Friday. I would take any one of these guys coming in to visit. I just think that that's the level of talent 
they have coming in where I don't think there's really any concern. Well, can this guy play at Kansas? Oh, you know, why does this guy not have much else going on? Like most of these guys are getting recruited elsewhere. And I think that's a really good indicator that, you know, if other power five schools want him, you know, he's got something going. So overall it's a star studded running back class potential for Kansas. If they can get one of these guys. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, your point about the speed is well made in that when you look at how successful they were at but at uh, Buffalo with Jarrett Patterson, mm-hmm. you know, hitting home run balls and, and things like that, you know, you talk sometimes and, and talked before the show actually about making, uh, making bad blocking look good. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is, you know, making good blocking or, or perfect blocking look perfect. You know, if, if you get a hat on a hat, it, for somebody like an Arthur, he's going to take it all the way. You know, it's not going to be a 20-yard gain. It's not going to be a 30-yard gain. It's going to be a touchdown. And, and, you know, the band is playing. And so I think that that's an element that they don't have a ton of in the offense. I do think they got a little bit of that with Johnny Thompson in this past mm-hmm. class. And adding another player like that in this class it, is only going to take the offense up another notch. Exactly. I think it's just adding another dimension to what they have offensively. You know, you look at what the running backs do right now. You know, Devin Neal's a great all-around running back. Um, Daniel Hyshaw's a really physical guy, right? Good blocking, can catch out of the backfield. But what Kansas doesn't really have is like a home run guy. Like Sevion Morrison would be that, but he didn't really see the field much last year. So I think getting a high school guy like that would be really important. I think just in general, really trying to now back – backstock this running back room so that when Hyshaw and Neil move on, they've got young guys that are ready and have been in the program, know the offense, are physically ready to play. Um, that's what I think is pretty big. And you mentioned the blocking, right? Making, you know, bad <laughs> blocking. Nice segue there. Yeah, you see what I did there? I, Let's I talk about Caden Massey because sure. he's kind of the top in-state lineman. Um, KU does have other linemen coming in. You know, Harrison Utley is a guard from Oklahoma. That Kansas yep. has recruited really, really hard. You know, I think they're in a really good spot with him. Grant Ellinger from Illinois is someone that Scott folks went up and watched in uh, the spring. He's both of those guys are going to visit. And then there's David Abagion um, from California, KU early power five offer. He'll also visit. But I think like you want to talk about top names on the offensive line board, right? The big kind of home run they're going to hit. Think Calvin Clements last year. That's who Caden Massey is. And Kevin, we both got to see Caden in person at the UC report in Kansas city. Sure. You got to see him again at the sharp combine on Wednesday. What'd you like? What'd you see? Yeah. And you didn't expect, you know, with the competition at sharp, it wasn't what it was at UC report. And it was funny because I actually got a chance to talk with Caden quite a bit at sharp. And one of the things that, uh, that I had asked him about was he didn't realize that the first guy that he went against at UC report for his first couple reps was a guy with an Alabama offer. He was oh, just, you know that? He, he didn't know that. So he was oh. just kind of like, Oh man, that that's cool. I was like, yeah, I, I said, I, I think he got you the first rep, but you know, Caden won the second one. And you know, it was, that's the sort of competition that obviously he isn't seeing on a regular basis at, at Linden. And Going into that camp, I think we thought he would fare a lot worse than he did. And 
I'm not saying that as somebody I I think you would describe me as you know as one of the the leaders on the Caden Massey hype train. You know I, I'm not down on him at all. You're the but conductor. I felt like it was such a huge jump for him to go from from Linden into that that atmosphere where you've got Williams, you mm-hmm. know, one area and guys like that who are who are five star guys offered by everybody in the country and, and things like that and. And so I had thought that he really had a chance to struggle at that camp. And the fact that he didn't, you know, I think really sort of cemented his prospect status in my mind. Now we, we were able to talk to him about his visit dates and things like that. He's got visits set up to, to Kansas, Kansas state, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. He's been really positive about Kansas both then and, you know, in the past, you know, I was not the uh, I was not the only one at uh, at Sharp. Lance Leipold was there, uh, as was Scott Fuchs. You know, both of them watching their kids, and and of course, you know, Caden made sure to to say hi, you know, to them as they as they walked by and everything. And so it was. I do think that Kansas sits in a good spot here. I'll, I'll be interested to see after all the visits play out and everything how how all of that matches up, but I, I'm, I don't think that you could look at one part of Caden Massey's recruitment and say, Oh man, I wish Kansas would have done a better job of this. I think they're doing what they need to do to put themselves in the discussion to potentially, you know, be there at the end. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the, the second coming of Calvin Clements, I guess you could say like, it's the same exact deal, right? Kansas has done everything it can they pulled out the red carpet for him when he visited in the spring. Yeah. He met with the chancellor. Like these are things that not every recruit gets to do. Um, I will say Ole Miss, it sounds like is trying to make a push for a visit here. Yeah. Fascinated to see what happens there. Obviously Jake Schoonover uh, was on Kansas staff, knows the Kansas coaches and is now at Ole Miss. And I think he's trying to make a push here to get Caden to visit Ole Miss. So we'll have to see what happens. Some stuff to keep track of here as June gets underway. Um, but yeah, I think offensive line wise, I'm really fascinated to see what happens because you're looking at, you know, last year, right. KU takes Calvin Clements, but you know, they, they took Joey Baker, um, the year before, and we'll see what happens with him. Uh, you know, there's James Livingston, who's a tackle, but they need some interior guys. And that's where I look at, you know, Harrison Utley and Grant Ellinger and say, you know, Hey, those are two guys. If you take both of them, I think you'd feel pretty good. Um, interested with Utley, right. Doesn't necessarily have a ton of power five interest going on but KU has seen him so much that if they feel good about the evaluation you I mean you gotta roll with it right that's the whole thing about this staff if they stick to their evaluation and if other schools are missing it that's on them you know so I think it's really fascinating to see where this all is going to play out I think you look at the positions in terms of numbers now linebackers about as competitive as, as it's going to come sure with Jonathan Kamara committed now KU's probably going to take one more linebacker. And you got a list here that I'm going to show to our YouTube audience. I'll run through it. Um, it's pretty loaded. You know, Ja'Cory Stewart is from Georgia, super athletic, you know, at six foot, 210. He's got a lot of offers, not a ton of visits set up. All right. Michael Boganowski, I'll ask you about him in a second because you've seen him. Sure. Uh, you just saw him the other day. Um, you know, Boganowski's a guy that probably fits the Hawk. KU's going to recruit him hard still. And if he wants to come to Kansas, great. They'll find a spot for him. It'll, they'll make it work. Um, but I really look at the second weekend. Those two are coming in next weekend. 
I look at the second weekend and say, this is probably where I think some of the movement's going to happen. You know, Montel Johnson is from uh, Michigan, Detroit area. And if you tell me, hey, Chris Simpson has a, a Detroit native coming on campus for a visit, um, you know, KU's been on him, he's been on campus before, I'd say, yeah, I feel pretty good about Kansas' chances to land him. So I look at Montel and say, yeah, that's one guy that I think KU do well if they got him. He has a top five that's got all Power 5 schools. He's got two other Power 5 visits set up. And then you look at Derek McCormick, someone from Florida, at six foot one, 195, probably a little bit lighter in terms of high school guys, but still athletic. Um, he's going to take an official visit to UCF. He's going to take an official visit to Pitt. He's another guy K was seen in practice this spring. They've done their in-person evaluation. They like what they've seen. Now, I can talk at length about Xavier Hamilton um, because I saw him at KU's elite camp on Wednesday. You know, yep. he's got great size. Like, he's listed at 6'2", 218. I think he is that. You watch him run. He runs pretty well. Um, I, I don't have the time in front of me, but I thought he ran pretty well at the camp. Showed really good mobility. Definitely the best linebacker Kansas had there. And you're looking at this visit list unfold, and if Kansas is only going to take one more, if a guy commits early, that's probably going to result in them kind of shutting things down because that's how they do it. And so really fascinated to see how this shakes out because there's so many talented guys. Everybody on this screen right here and that I mentioned has multiple power five offers. And so it's just a talented group, just like the running backs where if they end up with Xavier Hamilton, I say, cool, that guy can play Kansas. He can be a good linebacker at Kansas. If they take McCormick, Johnson, Boganowski, Stewart, I say the same exact thing. And so sure. I just look at his position overall and say Kansas is, is well positioned to fill that second linebacker spot, you know, and have it be a really good player. Well, and out of those five guys, I noticed that you wrote in your piece about the visitors that you felt like Johnson specifically was maybe the name to watch out of this group. Is that because you think he's the most likely to commit out of this group or why, why did you sort of single him out? Yeah. And I mean, folks can read that. Um, folks that are subscribed can read that. You know, I, I wrote at length too much <laughs> as I was editing it. I realized I wrote way too much about it, but um, about each kind of position group and where it stands. And I think just what I mentioned there, right. You know, Chris Simpson does a great job recruiting Detroit. And I, I genuinely don't remember a Detroit guy coming to Kansas visiting and not committing. Sure. I just, I just don't remember it. And so I just look at all the tea leaves there and say, that's the guy I'm going to watch. Just the signs are there and recruiting, you know, what's the saying? There's no coincidences in recruiting. I, <laughs> this is kind of one of those where I'm like, it just checks all the boxes of things that a guy that Kansas would land, you know, it's right there. So that's why I kind of would go with them. What do you think about Boganowski though? I know you were around him at least. I know we didn't camp at sharp, but yeah, you know, I, I, group? Yeah, I think when you're looking at this group, uh, and you know, maybe you would agree with this, maybe you wouldn't. I think you look at KU taking one and a half, and by that I mean they'll take mm -hmm. one player, and additionally they would take Boganowski if Boganowski decided to come. They'd find a way, find room, whatever. You know, he looks really physically put together maybe better than I thought he would at mm. this point. You know, I thought he looked every bit as six foot two looked maybe even bigger than 200, maybe 205, you know, or so. And this is a guy that, you know, it, it camps and in recent testing and things like that. Uh, he, he's been a guy that's been clocked, you know, handheld in the four or five range somewhere around in there. So, I mean, 
Oklahoma has been telling him that they're recruiting him as a safety. I don't know if that's the sort of thing that Oklahoma's telling him that. And, you know, and then it's, hey, you know, get your butt in the box or, you know, or or what the deal is. But, you know, he's he's what you want. I mean, from from a size, frame, speed, explosion standpoint, if you watch his tape, it's really fun because, I mean, he some people run into collisions. He runs through collisions. And, And so. He, he's a really fun guy, I think, for both of our money, probably the number one player in the class overall. Should uh, be. In the in-state class, obviously, you know, want to wait and see B.J. Kennedy healthy. B.J. was there um, at Sharp and, and was able to talk to him a little bit. I think he's going to try and cut a little weight before the season starts, which will – will be interesting, but, uh, and we just haven't seen a healthy BJ Kennedy in so long. And so I do feel like Boganowski is probably the best bet for number one in the state in this class. So much competition there. I do feel like, you know, he's been so complimentary of Kansas. And yet I think the general feeling is that Oklahoma and maybe Kansas State, or maybe a, a little bit ahead of Kansas in that one. But hey, Kansas is getting getting an official visit. Like I said, he's you know weirder things have happened in recruiting, and if Kansas can stay in that recruitment, if Kansas can have a really good year this year, you know a, a lot of things can happen, and he's one to watch for sure. Yeah, and generally, I'd say this, right? You know, I think people would say, oh, well, why bring him on campus for a visit if you think he's going to go to K-State or somewhere else? Well, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. If the kid wants to take an official visit, he's interested in you. Like, take the yeah. visit. Pull out the red carpet. Do what you can. And if you pick somewhere else, all right, hold your hands up. We did what we could. And, and hey, there's exactly this thing called the transfer portal, too. Yeah. And, and I mean, as we've seen with transfer portal stuff, I mean, those decisions get made so quickly that having that step ahead where if he does go to Oklahoma, or if he does go somewhere else, doesn't like it, decides to come mm-hmm. back, having already had him on campus, having those relationships, making those contacts, that can only help you. And so even you know, in today's college football day and age, obviously you want to win the initial recruitment, but just because you don't win the initial recruitment, that's a lot of times that's not the only recruitment there is. And so you're putting yourself into a strong position, both for this class and in the future. Exactly. And so I got one position group I want to talk about. We hit on Warner earlier. Yeah. But another one, you just look at the defensive linemen coming in. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, right, you can stretch Xavier Porter off of this list in terms of defensive ends. Um, he's going to be a defensive tackle at Kansas. There's that's that's a Jim Panago special right there. Um, <laughs> you know, he's six two, athletic, and they'll add weight and he'll be good. Um, in terms of actual official visits for defensive ends, I mean, Kevin, this is uh, like we talk about the running back group and talk about the linebackers, and for my money, this is the visit list. Like yes. This, these are the dudes. You start off in the first weekend. You've got uh, Dacius Brinkley. I really hope I pronounced his first name right. But this is a guy that is ranked in the top hundred or top two hundred, sorry, nationally. Just a great athlete. Would be a guy that probably would play the the weak side defensive end spot at Kansas. Offers from everywhere. Texas will probably get him on campus for an official visit too. He's taking his first visit to Kansas. You got Joseph Anderson, 
who's currently on campus at Nebraska. He'll visit Kansas next weekend. Really good track times, but he does the hurdles and he's about six foot five, 210 pounds yep. doing the hurdles, the 110 meter hurdles. He does a triple jump and the high jump are the other two track events he does. A really good athlete overall. And then you go to Elias Williams. Again, another really good athlete. He's going to do a midweek visit, so he won't really be around like a huge group of guys, but another one that's going to take visits to Missouri, Indiana, UCF. You go to that second weekend. Charles Anderson's really fascinating. He's like an AAU basketball player, but he's 6'7", 240. Um, he's going to be at Northwestern first, then he's going to go to Texas Tech, and then he's going to go to Kansas. I think Texas Tech, right? You look at a guy being from, you know, Perland and, and from Texas, and, you know, Joy McGuire does a great job with that state. Um, they might be hard to beat for him, but still, you're looking at getting him on campus for a visit. And then you go to that final weekend of June, and that's when Deshaun Warner's going to visit. And then Tameric Johnson. I really like his tape, too. Another guy that Kansas had on campus in the spring for a visit, really liked what he saw at KU. Then KU just offered him a few weeks ago. Things have really progressed well. Taiwo Onatolu has recruited him really hard. Terrence Samuel's been involved as well, and he's going to go visit Oklahoma State and KU and Cal. And so really interesting story on him, actually. He wants to study cybersecurity. <laughs> Tell me the last time you heard a recruit say they want to study cybersecurity. I love that. That's oh, cool. yeah. But, yeah, yeah overall, awesome. I think you look at this, just the defensive ends, and it's just star-studded. Guys that – Power five offers. I think the only guy with less than 15 offers total is Charles Anderson. And his recruitment just started blowing up this spring. Everyone else has over 15 offers. It's crazy. And I, I went ahead and before the show talked to uh to Brian Peroni down at our uh Texas AM site, who's he's huge on Houston area recruiting, has been for forever. And uh and said, "Hey, what what's up with the Perlin Dawson kid?" And he goes, "I'm guessing you're you're asking about Charles Anderson." And I, I said, "Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it kind of an interesting deal." He goes, "Man, he he looks the part." And when you watch the tape on him, I mean, this is a kid who's just a baby from a football standpoint. I mean, he's raw, he's all arms and legs, and you know, if he's legitimately 240 pounds, which he looks like he is because he is six foot seven. And the tape definitely looks like he's six foot seven. You know, this is going to be a kid that would be a strong side and for Kansas because he's going to be 265 pounds next time he sneezes. I mean, it, it, his body is going to is going to grow up quite a bit, and yet he's got good feet. You know, he's got athletic potential. He's still figuring things out, but. This is a guy you absolutely want to take a swing on as like a strong side type end. And Kansas does have that split a little bit. When you look at uh, Jeremy Robinson is thicker, more dense in his build and everything than what you saw on the weak side end last year. And, and so they do kind of have that separation a little bit. I think Deshaun Warner, you know, looks like a terrific weak side end, you know, down uh down in the future but yeah it's it's a pretty exciting group and you look at how well I thought Kansas did last year in defensive tackle recruiting and, and getting the kinds of bodies and and players in that group that they really wanted uh, I feel like this could be a class where we wind up looking back two or three years from now and saying okay they they grabbed two or three guys 
you know, because I think they'll grab a weak side. They may grab a strong side as well. I think they'll grab at least two. But Michael, with this with this group, and would you be surprised if they took three? If three were available to them? Yeah, probably would just numbers okay. wise. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think generally though, I, I look at the defensive ends and say, okay, you know, like Joseph Anderson is probably a strong side guy. And like you mentioned, sure. you know, Charles Anderson is also probably a strong side guy. Yeah. I'm more fascinated by the question of would they take two weak side defensive end guys, right? Yeah. If Deshaun Warner wants to commit, and Tamaric Johnson wants to commit, would they take both of those guys? Like, I genuinely don't know the answer to that. But I think for me, that's a more fascinating question because there is a diff, you know, you, you can differentiate with those positions. And I think sure. KU at times, right, they, they like to say, okay, well, we're going to do, you know, we're going to play them on both sides. But you, you say that, but also like, are they really? And so I think maybe splitting them up more, might be better. And so I think that for me is what I'm really interested in, in knowing, you know, not that I'm going to know, but um, <laughs> you know, would they take two weak side guys if it meant no strong side? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it may just be, Hey, let's take the two best guys and, and figure it out. You know, if, if they're in that situation where they say, Hey, you know, we could take a, a worse guy, maybe even a guy who's not on that list. It's strong side end, or we can take one of our priority guys at weak side I think they'd probably go ahead and and take the priority guy on on the weak side and figure out the strong side at a different time. But but like you said, I mean, you look at that group, you look at the running back group, the offensive line position. I feel like they've nailed down to a few guys, but that running back group and that defensive end group, and you can probably even throw linebacker in there. Those are some pretty loaded groups in terms of hey, not only are they bringing in guys, but they're bringing in guys who have other Power 5 options. And I know this sounds, you know, harsh or weird or whatever, who did not have to visit Kansas, and they're coming in to visit Kansas. And I think mm-hmm. that speaks a lot to to the recruiting cycle that they're having so far. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Um, I'm going to use this time, Kevin, to plug something. We've got a, a 60% off sale right now going on through about, I believe, June 15th. If you want to get, you know, join VIP, right? I've working my butt off here trying to get scoops and stuff. So if you want to support it, um, you can join right now. It's about $3.58 a month for next year. Um, if you've not signed up before, that's the only caveat, right? Um, new signups only. Um, I, you can join now. I'd encourage it. It's going to be busy. You know, visits keep getting added. I feel like each day I'm like, okay, that's probably going to be it for right now. And then all of a sudden I get a text. Like you probably should check on this guy. Okay, great. Fun. Let's add another guy. So they're at 30 something right now. We'll see what ends up being by the end of the month. Things change in terms of adding visits, taking visits off. Lots going to go on. Obviously we'll have it all covered. Um, camp's coming up really excited for the June 14th camp. Sounds like we'll get a chance to see some of the top in-state recruits at that one. That's going to be a mega camp with pads for linemen, which is always fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let them get after it a little bit. Exactly. I know Kevin's going to be there. I'll be there. We'll have coverage. Um, Kevin, anything else you want to discuss before we get out of here? No, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and add to your plug though, because I, I feel like having a membership, 
for a lot of people was really worth it from the basketball side too, that just finished with all the transfer portal mm-hmm. madness and, you know, trying to figure out, you know, Hey, what's Hunter Dickinson doing today, you know, or, or whatever else. And if you, if you're not watching along, you know, that was, uh, that was Swain taking a deep sigh on that thing. But, but I, I can't tell you how Nightmares. many people, you know, that, that were subscribed through the whole transfer portal madness and everything who, who said, you know, they were coming to the fog to get that information and, and they were, they were really living through it. We've got a great team of experts that are there, you know, regularly and, and dropping off information. So if you're trending more basketball than football, you're going to find plenty of information too. And if you're a, a football head, like we are as well, you're, you're going to have plenty to keep you busy. So I, I think it is definitely worth uh you know, half of what your cup of coffee probably costs at Starbucks right now. So, yeah, you know, I like to think of it like a buffet. You kind of yeah. come each day, you graze, you pick what you want. You know, you feel some basketball one day, we sh- we'll have some basketball. It'll be more football kind of the first week of June. But hey, look, Bill Self Basketball Camp start on Sunday. Yeah. I think the first scrimmage is Thursday, maybe. We, I, I got to check. Um, you, do it for the, you do it for the next year, you're getting facilities updates and you know you're getting you know look at you insider team information and all kinds of stuff i i can see it all rolling down the road yeah hey and if you subscribe now in your own basketball right think about this you'll be covered for next year's transfer portal bonanza when it happens again because that's what college basketball is these days and what is for football too you know i think generally you know i'm interested to see what they do roster wise kansas um but yeah kevin that's what i got anything else you want to talk about no, no, I uh, I enjoyed the uh, the recruiting angle on this one, and uh, I think uh, think here in the future we may have a, a recruiting angle that could be fairly interesting for people as well. So should should I announce that now for folks that have stayed for forty eight minutes of us? I feel like the people who have stayed for forty eight minutes probably would like to know but all right the, so the people who cut it off at 47 they don't need this information no they don't get this information thanks for staying um <laughs> we appreciate you um so starting next week uh myself kevin and then ryan wallace who covers recruiting for our kansas state website gopowercat.com the three of us are going to start a kind of local centric football recruiting podcast probably do it twice a month talk about everything going on. You know, you look at some of the top 2024s, we'll just discuss broadly what's going on with those guys. Some of the up and coming 2025s, what's going on with those guys. You know, I'll talk about some Kansas angles. Ryan will talk about some Kansas State angles, and we'll be able to talk about it all as a whole, probably from a more broad perspective than maybe an in-depth, you know, this is where Kansas stands, what Kansas wants. More so, hey, you know, you know, Gavin Hoffman from Blue Valley Northwest just got him a zoo offer. What does this mean for his recruitment? What do fans need to know at Kansas? What do they need to know at Kansas State? You know, sure. things like that. Because I feel like recru- local recruiting has gotten um, to the point where there's a lot of interest. And so we'll do a podcast, talk about it. Fall is going to be fun. You know, I live in Overland Park, so I'll be able to go to plenty of games. So it'll be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, should be a, should be a fun football season. And uh and I feel like we're already getting into football mode, right? Like it's oh. it's June second, and we're here pounding the table for football. So can't wait. We can't get here soon enough. Awesome. All right, well, Kevin, thanks a bunch, and we'll talk with you and Ryan this week. Sounds great, Michael. Right. From the 
world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!